You're listening to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. A Town Square Media Station. Alabama first and 10 on the 12. Again, Houston. He's got a hole. He's over. Alabama touchdown. I'm just wondering if your listeners know how good a football player you were. I can still see you playing that fullback, knocking those players out of the, out of the way. And I believe I could have run behind you. Martin, I can remember when we came to center and you were playing fullback up there. And I saw you in the weight room and watched the watch workout in the weight room. If you could pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to fix it, and I run in that fix it. Biggest, biggest mistake we ever made. The Martin Houston Show with national championship winning fullback Martin Houston. Giving you one hour of intense, hard-hitting analysis from an insider's perspective. It's time for the Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Show on a wild card Wednesday. That means that we can go in any direction you want to. Of course, I got a couple things I'd like to do today. Got a, a would you rather, uh, at least one would you rather question regarding uh, the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban story. Of course, we got a little word association today. Throw out a few things and get Joe's thoughts on uh, when he hears uh, those words, what what's the first thought that, that comes to mind? Of course, there's big news in the recruiting world. Uh, did one action trigger another equal and opposite reaction? Uh, we'll talk about that with Alabama football um, in terms of the recruiting world. And, of course, we'll uh, jump around a, a capstone a, a little bit uh, with a couple of um, – uh, stories regarding other sports as well. We're live, local, and ready to get things going and want to invite you to get in on the conversation at 205-342-9904, 205-342-9904. That's the Alabama One Hotline, open for business, so give us a call. Also, you can always talk to us and chat us up via the various social media outlets, including uh, the Martin Houston Live page, Tide 109 page, Alabama Tradition, uh, and Martin Houston Personal, and then at Martin Houston 35 on Twitter and Martin Houston Live on YouTube. All of those are options for you to get in on the conversation and interact with us. We will bring your thoughts, conversations, and questions to the airwaves. Remember that this is the day that the Lord has made, so let's rejoice and be glad in it. Take some time today to notice someone. Love someone, serve someone, be the difference you want to see in the world today. Good morning, Joe. How you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing great today, Martin. Happy to be in here halfway through the week, ready to, uh, well, hopefully we see the sun today, but ready to, ready to see what the rest of the day, what the rest of the week has in store. Well, well, Joe, and I put this in air quotes, yesterday I had an opportunity and I was the uh, local celebrity that played golf at uh, American Red Cross. Uh, but I only put it uh, with each team as they came through. Uh, and, uh, and man, it was like, okay, it's doing good. It's doing good. It's, it's, it's a little sprinkle. Man, the last team gets to the top of the uh, tee box, Joe. They hit their shots. The ball while like like while the last ball is on its way to the hole, the bottom falls out. So I'm in my cart down at the hole, right? There's a tent at the top of the hole uh, that they were supposed to sit down by the green so I could be out of the rain and or sun based on which way it turned out. Well, they left it at the top of the hole, and um, I'm waiting, and I'm talking about is like about 12 o'clock, and I think this probably got you where you were at as well later on but uh, it was a monsoon and i'm waiting on them to come play the last hole man you know what them jokers did they were under the tent staying dry 
<laughs> I, said, I said, I'm sorry. <laughs> they left you out there to get some. Yeah, yeah man. I, I mean, I am drenched. Like, like I was under, I was in the, the, the golf cart, Joe. But you know you can only get, like, over so far based on which way the range coming. So my whole left side, I'm talking about, was just drenched. I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going in. So, so uh, I apologize to team number six or whatever, 17, but they didn't get there. So, but anyway, uh, tell us a little bit, Joe. We, we, we Alabama baseball uh, kind of had a had a play in into the playoffs. Pretty much had won won a big game to end the season. Uh, I mean, a big series to end the season. Uh, and yesterday came out. Um, and continued that that hot streak, I guess you can say. Uh, Mother Nature tried to damper it a little bit, but they were able to pull through. Tell us what you saw yesterday with Alabama baseball. Absolutely, Martin. A great, really a great day for Alabama baseball. The Tide needing to win. Really, they're in a, they're in a win or go home situation. Uh, for for everything, they've got to keep winning to qualify for the NCAA tournament. Uh, so, but the Tide came out and put three runs up in the first inning. Uh, they, the the, fir- the first batter hit, hit hit him, found himself a double, leadoff double. Andrew Pickney brought him right in, and so the Tide was rolling. Uh, a- after a brief delay to that start of the game, the game was supposed to start at nine thirty, started at ten, uh, and, and so they came out really on fire and, and, and exciting to see. Uh, after two innings. Alabama was up five to one, and they put the tarp on the field just in time before a massive storm uh, came in. We, we went to about a two-hour, two-and-a-half-hour rain delay, uh, but the, they came back out there and, and, and give a lot of credit to Alabama. Uh, the the pitch, they, they changed pitchers because of the delay. Uh, obviously, Garrett McMillan's arm kind of got stiff in the, during the delay, natural. Uh, and Ben Hess, Ben Hess came in and struck out ten batters and really was was just mowing them down. Uh, didn't give Georgia really a, a chance to get back into the game. Uh, and Alabama ultimately won 5-3, eliminating the Georgia Bulldogs from the SEC tournament and advancing into the double elimination portion of the tournament. So Alabama will take on Arkansas Roughly at twelve thirty, according to the schedule today, but there's a lot more rain in, in, on the forecast, so I, I think it's going to be challenging to stick to that schedule. And didn't they didn't they make it in by beating Arkansas, taking two out of three? Is, is that I think that's what it was. was yes, it, it is. So they, they they beat Arkansas two out of three this weekend, and, and they had a real good chance to win the first game as well. Uh, won the third game eighteen to five. Uh, so Alabama should be feeling confident with today's matchup. I know Arkansas was the number five team in the country heading into last weekend, uh, and maybe they're feeling the heat and feeling like they want some revenge today. But Alabama should feel confident. Yeah, and hopefully that Arkansas press a little bit because uh, in baseball, uh, when 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 the when that baseball seems to become the size of a softball, uh, it makes it a lot lot easier to to get those runs going. And it seemed like before the rain, the bats were hot, um, cooled off a little bit, but then of course they got some great pitching. So they can keep that up, uh, you know, maybe just maybe. Uh, uh, Bohannon and crew can can get into uh, the big dance. Um, I, I did mean to do something this morning, uh, and I think Chuck Hunt. I love when my listeners kind of point out things. We do want to remember uh, the, the the families of those Joe who were uh, involved in the tragic shooting out in uh, in Texas, uh, and uh, I think the numbers. They haven't said how many are injured. I think the numbers have kept going up. I think it's up to 19 children and three adults. Uh, so please remember those families out in Uvalde, Texas. As uh, an 18-year-old mass shooting, um, he is not a suspect now since he was killed. But uh, just just keep that family in in your prayers, guys, as you go throughout and uh, help them to be able to feel cope and 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 um you know manage this time of a definite loss and tragedy so um getting back to talking I, I said sometimes that baseball looks like a softball when it's coming up there uh told you I'm gonna, I'll mix in some some word association uh Joe uh <laughs> Curtis Lewis already on on top of 
one of the things we talked about in our pre pre production meeting. But uh, I just throw out there, Alabama softball. What you got? Uh, uneasy, uneasy is my word association. Uh, now, uh, I think that uh, a lot of people. It depends on what you want to look at. Do you, do you want to talk about uh, Montana Fouts, Ali Shipman, Ashley Prangy, and Jenna Johnson all kind of making a, a announcements yesterday that they're going to be returning to Alabama softball? If that's the case, if that's all you want to look at, great. Roll Tide, lots of great uh, players uh, committing to the to the program for another year, but uneasy, Martin because six uh six players have put been in the put put their names in the transfer portal in the last 48 hours uh and that and that actually if you want to go back through uh three years that's eight players that's gone in the portal uh counting kb sides and skylar wallace so you have six players on this current roster uh i am uneasy when it comes to alabama softball at the moment okay and and great great word there when you hear alabama softball and so let's kind of talk about both lanes of that. One is, Joe, yeah, six people in, uh, three big names uh, um, coming back. And I guess if you were to say, would you – if it stopped right here, Joe, <laughs> and, and that's the key is if it stops, would you rather have the three that, that, that are coming back and lose the six, or would you rather have the six and lose one, or, or or just one or two of the ones that's that's coming back? Your best hitter and your best pitcher. Oh, that's a t- uh, you. Oh, that's a tough question there, because uh, you got a lot of production in those three ladies: Ali Chipman, <laughs> Ashley Prangy, and of course the Queen Montana Fouts, the face of college softball, really. Uh, right. I think it, I think you got to go with those three. Uh, you right. know, I think that's probably the, the the smartest move. But man, you lose it. You, you're watching uh, three. I mean, uh, you if you're if you're if you're Patrick Murphy, you, you brought in uh, a freshman cl- your biggest freshman class ever, and now you're seeing your three uh, your three most productive ladies in that class: Dallas Goodnight, Jenna Lord, and Megan Bloodworth entering the transfer portal. You're seeing your number two pitcher, your number two catcher. And probably your second best outfielder from an athlete standpoint was Savannah Woodard. I mean that that is a lot of weight as well. I think if you are putting it on the scales, Martin, you're pretty much even right there. Probably you, you probably have more weight on the Montana Fouts side uh, as you know as far as value, but not much more in my opinion. Yeah, I think you look at longevity versus immediacy. Uh, Team twenty seven probably better because of the three. Team 28 and 29, maybe not, right? Um, because this this depth and all of this that we talked about is kind of gone now, right? Like like we talked about, man, this year uh, it came up short, of course, but also we talked about, but you did get a lot of good experience for your young people uh, that you signed in this class, and now they're gone. I got a question. We're going to go to break here, Joe, but I want this to simmer a little bit. What changed or what has changed? Because for a lot of people, the transfer portal is not new to softball. You know, I mean, that that's not new to softball. Um, and so what has potentially changed or what could potentially be behind six leaving but three staying in in Montana, almost like addressing those because Curtis Lewis said six transfers from softball team that reflects poorly on Murphy. And, you know, Montana seems to kind of be addressing people who are thinking this is a Murph issue with I'll die on the hill for you. You see what I'm saying? Like subliminally, that's that's like a player saying, coach, I got your back. So what has changed? Is there is there major concern or is there major reason for concern for what's happening in Alabama softball? We're going to talk about that. If you have a comment or thought, we'll get that on the other side. You listen to the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 Traffic. 
From the Townsend Nissan Traffic Center, we got a wreck on McFarland westbound in front of Northport City Hall near US 43. You could expect some delays there. Rain in the area, slow down and be careful. Turn your lights and wipers on. If you see conditions, give me a call. Now you can get a lifetime powertrain warranty on a used car at Townsend Nissan. See dealer for details. I'm Captain Ray. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Mostly cloudy with occasional showers and strong thunderstorms today and tonight. The high today around 80, tonight's low 63. Tomorrow, the unsettled weather continues with rain and strong thunderstorms likely. Tomorrow's high at 78 degrees. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 71 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Scott Smith and Softmark Design doing business for 17 plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business. Through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business. Give Scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at Softmark markdesign.com interact with the martin houston show by calling us at 205-342-9904 or tuning into the martin houston show on facebook welcome back into the martin houston show it's been um Great day. It's been a great show, and it's only going to get better. Uh, the Alabama One Hotline is open for business, 205-342-9904. Um, we were going to break there. C.J. Watson said, I've never thought about the portal having such a huge impact on softball. I wonder if the transfer portal may help Alabama get instantly better with hitting because they're finding themselves in a position to take advantage of the portal because they'll have to plug holes that a recruiting class can't uh, that a recruiting class can't just by numbers. All right. So as we're going to break there, what's changed, um, you know, um, in terms of uh, the, the what's going on there, I guess is a better question. Um, and, uh, we're going to ask Curtis Lewis to join us in, on the conversation in the Alabama on the hotline, see what his thoughts are when he hears Alabama softball. Good morning, Curtis Lewis. Welcome into the Martin Houston show on the Alabama on hotline. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, good morning, Martin. I have to say that I'm not surprised that Montana said what she said. Montana is Murphy's war horse. And like any good, person who's been in the program a long time, they're going to be very stout about standing beside their coach. But the only problem with that is you can't win a battle with a war horse. You can go across many things in terms of your fight as far as sustainability. War horse will get you there. But war horse is going to get you up that hill by no way, shape, or form like a cavalry horse will. Now, Alabama's got the same problem it's had for quite a while, and that's hitting. Alabama can't hit. And we've seen that that is a direct reflection on coaching, on usually your hitting coach. But we don't have a hitting coach. Murphy's a hitting coach. And he doesn't do a very good job of that. And we saw with the, some of the new girls that came in, like Bloodworth, early in the season when Bloodworth was in there, Bloodworth was, was popping that ball. She was stroking that ball. But that's because what she got from her hitting coach from high school that she carried over with her. But now we saw less and less of blood work as the season went on. And a lot of the young girls that we had in there that we thought were going to be great additions, and they've done a lot of contributions in the beginning of the season where they got to play, but we saw less and less of them playing and get a chance to contribute. And I really don't think that bodes well for coaching. you got to develop your players. you got to develop them and play them. Curtis, <laughs> you do, you think, do you think it's possible that – that he played them early to try to get them some development, but but did not think they were ready for SEC hitting. And even though we didn't see it that way, it, I'm, I'm I'm asking. I'm not saying this is what I believe. I'm just trying to think through uh, to to your point about some of the younger players early 
and he used that sort of like the same way we would play uh, someone in a, a UTC Chattanooga or the NFL does preseason, uh, but they're not necessarily ready for SEC play because uh, he messed with that lineup a lot. No, I don't think that's what he's done at all. I think he played him early to appease them. To get that's them what I'm the, saying is, is like pay, playing them early to get them. He played them early when he thought they could play and look good, but it backfired because he didn't play them when they got to the meat of the schedule. Yeah, I think he played them early and didn't have any intentions of playing them later on in the season when the SEC schedule came up. So when I say appease them, to give them something to hang their hat on while they sit, he sits them on the bench later on. And I don't think those girls are going to tolerate that. That's not what they was out there for. And I think they saw that early on. So, therefore, they said, well, we're going to do like Katie Size. Look at Katie Size. She was a good player, Alabama. Done a great job. But she did not become who she became this year until she went to Arkansas, became, got with that hitting coach, and look what happened. She became one of the top players in the league. She could have done that at Alabama, but she didn't have that opportunity from the standpoint of learning to do that. And I think these young girls are seeing that at Alabama now. That's why they left. Say, well, we're not learning anymore than what we learned when we came in here. I'm the same here that I was when I came. Let me ask you and Joe both this question. Because we, 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 you know, like all of us, let's be real, Curtis, we all are much better at talking and analyzing football than we are softball, right? Um, yep. But to, to me, and, and Joe, jump in here, is it, softball, you know, softball was sort of, to me, pitching is like defense, right, in, 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 in football. I'm trying to make an analysis here. And you used to be able to win just strictly on, um, uh, on good defense. And you could pitch your way to the World Series. And a couple timely hits, and you were a champion. Has softball changed to the point where it, it's becoming more offensive-minded like football? And I'll let you yeah. respond to that. Uh, well, well I, you absolutely need the, the pitching. You look at right, all the, absolutely. You, like, you, you still have to play good defense now, but – Right. Go ahead. But uh, but to to that point, you I think if you I think if you look at the parallels with the way Major League Baseball has gone over a uh, eight to eight to eight to ten year period, you know okay. the, the, the 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 baseball pitchers or the baseball hitters don't mind striking out as much anymore, Martin, because uh, they're all playing for the home run. They're all playing to to stick that ball over the fence, and I think you're seeing a lot of that in softball as well over the last probably four to five years. Uh, less small ball, less slapping the ball, less you know stringing singles right. together. And hey, you know I'm gonna wait on my pitch, and when I get it, I'm gonna unload on that baby, and we're we're, we're gonna score a run. Uh, so I think I, I think softball has kind of uh, moved in that in that direction to where to, to where the the approach at the plate is very different over the last four or five years rather than just oh i'm going to try to get on base and try to make something happen with my speed i i i think that the 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 approach at the plate needs to change uh to to kind of adopt more of that baseball mindset of i don't uh, we'll wait we'll we'll get shut out for four or five innings and then we'll uh and and then we'll hit a couple home runs and be on the board is is curtis still there yeah i'm still here Uh, yeah go go ahead go ahead curtis okay yeah give you a chance to respond I agree with what Joe is saying. I think that the game has evolved from when Alabama first started up. But back in 2012, when we won it all, pitching was dominant. You could mm-hmm. you could win with that, and you could just about get out there and win a two o two one game. We pitching because hitting was not as evolved. But now, with the like in any sport, as these players evolve and as hitting becomes more and more prevalent, now you've got to have offense. You cannot cover up and protect your team with just a great pitcher. You sure can't do it with just one pitcher because, like we saw with Montana, when you get up there and you, they see you three days in a row, yeah, they're going to put you over the fence because they, they know what you're going to do. They've seen your stuff. You can't go in there and show something different with a different pitcher, at least in the second day of, the, of a tournament, then you're going to probably get rocked because these girls can hit that ball. And they are yeah. excellent at hitting the ball. And you're not teaching your girls how to hit. 
and how to be effective hitting, then you're gonna be yeah. behind the eight ball. You can only do so much with your pitcher. You know, when I was a, when, I, when I was a baseball player, and I loved baseball, and was probably uh, a little better in baseball uh, than I was in football. But you know, everybody told me my future was in football, so and it turned out pretty good. I'm not 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 knocking that, but um, one of the things, man, is 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 we used to say, if I can catch up with that pitcher, I mean, we're gonna have to, guys. We're all a little bit late, and the first time. Uh, you see that guy in the season, he he might dominate you. The next time you saw him, you were uh, a lot of times uh, at, at that There's age. If, if, if he didn't, if he didn't have a lot of junk, uh, uh, he and he couldn't. He didn't have a fastball and a changeup or sl- fastball changeup slider fastball. No ball. If he didn't have like that third or fourth pitch that he was decent with. Then, then you could time it out and catch up with it, and and then you would rock him the next go around. And and to your point, uh, Curtis, that maybe what's happening in terms of them seeing Montana hitting is getting better because I think I think you like I said, softball used to be pitcher dominant, and it still is uh, uh, pitcher dominant. With you're not going to win it if you don't have a good pitcher, but. Uh, if you have some good hitting and, and a few people sprinkled in that lineup, as Joe said, that got some power balls, it's going to be awful tough to to keep that team. You're going to lose a lot of games two to one or three to two. Um, you're not going to get blown out necessarily a lot. Uh, and then, of course, you add when you use the same pitcher back to back to back, hitters kind of catch up with the ball. I I, yeah. I I ask you this, and I'll, I'll let you guys. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll go to break here. But d- do you think NIL also potentially? Because here's the thing: transfer portal is not new to baseball. I mean, softball. They've been able no. to transfer and be eligible. Uh, and there's think we talk about there becoming some jealousy and animosity in the in football. But there's a lot more money being thrown at all levels of the football. There's collectives and all of that. In softball, it's going to be a couple people that get that money. Is that something that other teams, I mean, Alabama may be dealing with and other teams may may have to find themselves facing as well? I think that's hurting Alabama softball, the NIL, and that's, that's simply because. Asking, yeah. yeah, yeah, because look at Montana. Montana is probably going to make more money as a softball player in college than she would playing softball or in her field outside of college. So why would you leave college? You might as well go ahead and stay and, and keep getting that money. And But does that hamper Murphy from developing somebody else from being behind her? Is he not developing these other girls because he knows he got Montana? Is that why we don't have his income? At one point, we had three pitchers. And look at Lexi Kill for him. We thought Lexi was the next. Great picture. Well, shoot, she transferred. She right into the portal. So something is going wrong. You're not developing these girls. These girls are seeing it. They're seeing something wrong, evidently. Murphy is just hanging his hat on Montana, and Montana just happily walking around wearing that hat. <laughs> happily. Maybe wouldn't it have been better for Montana to go ahead and left and, and force Murphy's hand? Or is it going to hamper us from Montana State? I, I mean, that's, that's a great question. And that's that's what Coach Murphy's going to have to uh, uh, answer. Uh, C.J. Watson says, Lexi killed for her leaving Hurts. I know she was injured some this season, but that one hurts when she hit the portal. And that's, that's the question. There's something going on there. And like I said, it could be simple as, hey, these kids play earlier. They Hey, there's NIL. Man, expectations when you're good, a good program, come with it. I know that that gymnastics had NIL uh, opportunities slash challenges. Uh, softball is having, and when there's not a collective, there's not all this money. Only the faces are going to be out there. And to your point, some of these young players thought that it was going to be as as the young folks say, Curtis thought it was going to be sweet up in here, and they thought they were going to get a lot of exposure and all this stuff. And maybe they felt like some NIL opportunities were going to come. And those things would have gone by the wayside potentially when they didn't play as much and and when Montana's out there. So I don't know. It, it, it very well, the thing that everybody was worried about happening in football may very well be happening in our softball locker room. 
Um, we'll, we'll, if we ever get a chance, we'll, we'll talk to Murph and see if we can get him to talk about what his challenges are. Because, like I said, it can't be just a transfer portal because he's been no. dealing with that for years. There's something yeah. else that's causing this change. And it could be, hey, we, we, we're still playing an old style of softball. I'm not saying we are, but that we could be slapstick hitting doesn't doesn't move the needle as much as power hitting now, and pitching nope. isn't the only way to win. So maybe Murph, who's been at the head of this program for a while, had tremendous success, may find himself in an offseason doing some of that evaluation that we know Nick Saban does, uh, even when he wins championships, much less after he loses out early. So – We'll, we'll talk more yep. about that coming back. Go ahead, Curtis. I'll, I'll give you closing thoughts as we go to break here. I think a big key that we're going to see if Murphy gets it, that he actually buys in to what he's doing is wrong. If he, We're going to know he bought in like, like we did with Nick Saban. When Nick Saban changed coordinators and changed his offense, he told you right then and changed how he recruited his defensive linemen. He said, okay, I get it. I'm going to make the change. I think if Murphy hires a hidden coach, that's going to be the sign that he gets it, he's making a change. But if he don't hire a hidden coach, we're going to be in the same rut. We're going to know what Murphy's in the same place he's being. We're going to park right. in for the same stuff. All appreciate right. it, Barnes and Joe. Y'all have a good one. Appreciate you, Curtis. All right. Hey, man. Hey, I love a little passion on the softball. I know we don't normally don't spend that much time on softball and baseball, but we did today. Coming back on the other side, Joe. Uh, there was some big news. We'll hit on it a little bit uh, today. And, of course, uh, we'll have Hank South joining us tomorrow and hopefully X's and O's at Xavier Houston. But coming back on the other side, got another word association for you. We'll be talking about it right here on the Martin Houston Show. And you can join us by calling 205-342-9904. That's the Alabama One Hotline. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99, going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the regular premium package, drop a penny, and you can be one of the great members of Overflow Express Wash. My family and I keep our cars looking good inside and out by using Overflow Express Wash. They're located on Skyland Boulevard right next door to Alabama One, or you can find them online at overflowexpresswash.com. Andy Phillips and his team look forward to making you a part of their team. Uh, Nick Saban calls it the process. John Maxwell said that everything rises and falls on it. And Coach Wooden said it's what you learn after you think you know it all that makes the difference. What am I talking about? Leadership and personal development. Is your organization, your school, your church, your family, are they receiving the proper level of leadership development and personal development? If not, the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring can help you with that. We have our pep talks, which is a one to one and a half hour lunch and learn, which we can customize to meet your needs. Or we have some topics that we present that we know can help your organization. And if you're looking for one-on-one -on -one mentoring and coaching, we can also assist you with that. Visit peptalks35.com. That's peptalks35.com. Or send an email to martin at martinhouston.org. That's the Empowerment Center for Leadership and Mentoring. Welcome back to the Martin Houston Show. The sound of Bama sports. Your show. Your team. On your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back in to the Martin Houston Show. Don't forget about Taco Casa. Taco Casa quality face value under the biggest cactus in town. If you're looking for a great, affordable option, especially in this time of high inflation and gas prices and everything costing more still got a great value at taco casa great option for lunch and dinner and of course you get to wash it all down all that great food with 
Big Blast of the best sweet tea in town. That's Taco Casa, tacocasa.com. Go check them out and tell them that Martin Houston told you to stop by. All right. Uh, uh, Joe, real quick, um, I didn't get your response. Do you think the NIL has anything to do with this, uh, Pat Murphy? I mean, the the potential um, challenge of uh, Virgil Williams saying Kilfoy leaving could be because she wants to to be a hitter as well as a pitcher. Maybe Murph wants her to just concentrate on pitching. And I was like, if that's the case, that would also potentially, you know, even feed into NIL thoughts. So what are your thoughts there real quick before we get to Pat? Um, I'm going to respectfully disagree with you because I don't okay. know that I don't know that there's enough money uh, in the NIL game for softball at the moment. You, you, a lot no, of that's, it, that's what I'm saying is that's what I'm saying is not enough. Oh, well, I'm, I'm saying not not enough here in Alabama or anywhere, really. I, I'm not sure that softball is uh, pulling that weight uh, that, that, you know, if she went, if one of these women, ladies went to Arizona or UCLA or Florida, one of these other places, I think the NIL money that is to be gained is pr- probably minimal at best. And, and, and that's what I always, you and I agree, you're just taking a different angle. I think that they think it's there. Right. Okay. That's they, okay. It, it, I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, and they see her. They see like Montana getting it, and it's only a little bit at every program. But when you're at this program, you see one getting it, and you're not. You think you can go somewhere else and get it, and it's going to be the same story. But until that fleshes itself out, you may see people jumping ship. You know. So yeah, you're. I think you and I are saying the same thing. I don't think there's enough money. <laughs> <laughs> to go around, and I think they think that there's going to be more to it than than what what is. Let's get to. We got a couple calls we need to get to pretty quick, so let's get to Pat. Pat, you're in with the Martin Hughes show. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, good morning, Martin. Hey, uh, with Eli committing yesterday, oh, I, you know, it, did it just make it look like that? You're you familiar with the term gap swap? Uh, it's where you slap somebody upside the head, and then you hit them with the backside of your hand going back the other way. It looks like he just did that to Jimbo Fisher. Or could it be, like Joe said, just an extreme coincidence? Uh, I, I think I, not. I don't think it has anything to do with Jimbo Fisher. I think it has to do with uh, an article uh, that Kim Rankin put up uh, uh, on May 23rd. At Tide 109, the number one class uh, of 2023 prospect, Archman, he is officially visiting the Capstone this summer. He set a date from June 10th through the 12th. I think that's what triggered Eli Holstein's um, thing. I think he he made when when what's it? To me, it could be straight coincidence, Pat, but I think. Arch made a confirmation of his visit the next day, Eli, publicly. I don't think it had anything to do with Jimbo Fisher. I think it had to do with, uh, I, I want to play at Alabama. I'm going to make Arch Manning chase me. Oh, okay. Because, hey, I, I really do believe that as soon as the next store uh, uh, and it's not going to be that damn bounce that that people want to call it. Hey, it's going to be because of his performance at the Elite Eleven. That on the next uh, evaluation, that uh, that I do believe that he moves up into the top five recruits. Yeah. What do you think? I don't know how high he moves, but I think he'll have a fifth star at some point. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Absolutely. That. Absolutely. Hey, and it won't be number 59 either. I promise you that. All right. <laughs> hey, have a blessed day, Mr. Houston. Y'all doing a great job. Bye-bye. Thank you, sir. Joe, any thoughts on the Eli commitment? And we'll, and we'll talk more about it tomorrow. Oh, but. I think it's great for Alabama. And, and, and I think that really Eli's been training for Alabama for a long time. So I, I yep. do think it's coincidental that, you know, this Jimbo stuff came out and he decommitted from A&M while, a while back. Uh, but great for Alabama. I think he actually might be the best quarterback in the class. Roll Tide. Roll, and that's my point is, is Eli, you know, he's like, hey, I'm going to go ahead and get this thing over with. He's always planned to commit a little early. I mean, um, and and so now Arch has has a decision to make, but Eli's, you know, 
in the house. I mean, why would why would he wait till Arch comes here and then make a commitment? So I think he was like, this is where I want to play. Um, let me go ahead and get this decision out there so Alabama know that I'm not going to jerk him around. So I, I thought it was a good move. Curtis Moore, you're in on the Alabama One Hotline with the Martin Hughes Show. What's on your mind, sir? Hey, now. Hey, I'm going to ask a question uh, real fast. I know, I know this is probably going to take a lot of time. It's almost at the end of the show almost. And I know you got Scotty probably coming on. Hey, but with back to the uh, Texas A&M-Alabama thing, mm-hmm. my question is, you know our main rivals are Tennessee and Auburn. Everyone knows that. My question is, do you think that – as long as Jimbo Fisher is at Texas A&M, do you think that that rival will supersede Auburn and Tennessee um, currently these days, uh, or do you think it'll still remain, you know, our main rival, uh, Auburn and uh, Tennessee? You know, based off of the you know the back and forth with the head coaches and all that. Um, and I know that it's going to take probably long. Maybe you can kick it down to Friday or something like that because I know we ain't got time. No, much, no. But. I, I, I'll let Joe address it quickly, and then we'll address it, and then we can ask that question you know, in more detail. But we can respond. Go ahead, Joe. I, okay. I, I'm sorry. The question is, uh, do we think A&M is becoming one of our main rivals? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You beat us last year. <laughs> you come in. Now, now, I, I want, something I'll never forget is Johnny Manziel. So you've got two core memories of A&M victories, and then the, the second the second game against Johnny Manziel was epic uh, for an Alabama win. And then uh, the stuff stirring up with Jimbo and, and Nick Saban? Yes, Absolutely. I, I, and, and yeah, I'm talking about in particular with the Jimbo thing, you know, now the Jimbo has sparked. Yeah, I know about the Kevin Sumlin thing, you know, when Manziel did all that, yeah. but with this recent Jimbo deal or whatever and all that. I think rivals come about for certain reasons. It's, it's who threatens your your dominance or, or, or threatens you as a program. I think it comes about by personalities uh, on the sidelines. I think it comes about by – the players on the team, Alabama-Auburn, because the rival was what it was, because you were in-state kids who grew up playing with each other, then against each other. Um, and then just kind of the whole um, who's going to be next. Georgia is our rival because they have competed with us on the field. Georgia's our rival because uh, the coaches on the sidelines and their personalities. Georgia's our rival because of um, – the players um, that that are competing now uh, against each other in high school, and then one goes to Georgia, one goes to Alabama, et cetera. And that teammate, so there's a lot that goes into it, and you're fighting for will Kirby stop Jim uh, Nick Saban's dominance, okay? When Texas A&M came into the league, before that, Nick Saban had said Georgia is the best job in the SEC. Nick Saban had said that. I believe if Nick Saban were asked that question again today, he would say Texas A&M has the potential to be the best job because of resources, uh, recruiting, um, uh, and, and, and everything that goes into it. Now you throw in the Jimbo thing and you throw in the fact of, of, uh, of the fact that, that the few times that they've beaten us, uh, one was Johnny Manziel, and that became the talking point for two years. And then last year, Jimbo called Alabama out and said he would beat our butt, and then he did it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's well on his way to trending and becoming uh, the top rival. Uh, but he's going to have to do it more than once, and he's going to have to knock the throne off like Georgia did, knock the king off the throne. He, had, he hadn't got there yet. So thanks. Thanks for that, Curtis. Appreciate you, sir. Hey, all right. Roll tight. Thank you. Roll tight. Come back on the other side. We'll wrap up today's show with the Johnson Marshall Dentistry Christian Moment of the Week with Scotty Hollins. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa thread. Good Wednesday morning. It's the day after the election. We know who's going to be in the runoff, who's not going to be in the runoff, who will not be in the runoff is Governor Kay Ivey. She easily defeated the field in the Republican nomination. She'll be on the ballot this fall. Who will be on the ballot for the runoff will be Katie Britt and Mo Brooks. Brooks surprisingly finishing in second place to Katie Britt in the Republican primary. Keep up with all the local news, sports, and weather coverage on TuscaloosaThread.com. It's free. Don Hartley, Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. 
sound of Bama Sports. Your show, your team, the Martin Houston Show, on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. It's now time for our weekly catch-up with Johnson and Marshall Dentistry Christian Moment of the Week with Scotty Holland, Executive Director of Blueprint Ministry. Scotty, I'll talk to you to encourage us on how we can incorporate our faith into the boardroom, the classroom, or our chosen field of play. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Martin. We are continuing uh, on our series, The Power of Optimism, and we're walking through the life of Paul and uh, looking at how he was the ultimate optimist and looking at the secret to his optimism. And uh, we, just a few little intros that we always have to start with. Uh, a couple quotes we've talked about is life is about 10% what happens to you, 90% how you respond. And then A.W. Tozer says that, um, you know, the most important thing about you uh, or about me is, uh, you know, what we believe about God because that becomes the lens through which we see all of life. So, and his whole point is, uh, if you put those two together, is you know, you think about that um, life being about ten percent what happens to you, ninety percent how you respond. The lens through which you see life impacts that ninety percent how you respond. So, we've been looking at Paul's life and looking at how he's responded, and then we've also looked at his lens. And so, we looked at uh, a couple weeks ago. We looked at here he is writing Philippians um, from jail. And he's encouraging those who are he's writing to and says, listen, uh, you know, I know y'all are probably distraught because I'm in jail, but but actually me being in jail has worked out for um, for Christ to be known uh, amongst the, amongst the, uh, those uh, in prison, amongst those who are over the prison, amongst everybody around. And, and, and it's actually I'm seeing the bright side of being in jail because Christ is being made known. OK. And so his lens was maybe we talked about this. Christ wasn't just part of his life. Christ was his life. And so, as a result, he was able to find the bright side of being in jail. We, we looked at last week, the bright side of dying. Again, how, how can you find the bright side of that? But Paul, he focuses a few verses later on the bright side of that. And he says, listen, my life is all about Christ. And, you know, if, if He says, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. In other words, if I live, I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to make sure people know who he is. I'm going to share his message to make sure that more people can know him. But he says, if I die, it's even better because I'm going to be with him forever. So, again, here he is looking at um, finding the bright side. And so today, and, I, and let me say this, uh, just in terms of to make this a little bit uh, a broader application, because, uh, you know, I know lots of people may be listening. Here's the broader application. You choose your win. What is your win? <laughs> What's a win for you? Um, and, and let that become your lens for Paul. Um, and I, I like Paul, and I like I like his win, and I, 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 I'm riding with him when it when it comes to his win. His lens was I want to know Christ. His lens was I want to become more like Christ. His lens was I want to make him known. So uh, those were his wins, I should say, and so those became his lens. So so think about what is your your win? What's the win for you? Don't let somebody else tell you what your win is in this situation in in your job or uh, on the field of play or in the boardroom, wherever you are. What is your win? And for Paul, it was, I want to glorify Christ. And so so today's quick message is, you know, how is that possible? And I'll say one attribute that made it possible for Paul was his humility. And humility, a quick definition is, it's just saying it's not about you. And so you look at Philippians 3, 4 through 8, and you see his humility. And again, that humility is showing that, again, we talked about it. Christ wasn't a part of his life. He was his life. Again, you see this this win. Christ is also his lens, and you see it literally sifting through every aspect of his life. He says this, Though I myself, this Philippians 3, 4 through 8, that, though I myself have reason for such confidence, he says if, any, any, if someone else thinks they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, another version says if someone thinks they, they, they have reason to boast, he says, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness, based on the law, faultless. He says, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. For I, for, 
What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may know Christ. What he's saying is what I value most is not even what you think about me. And he says, and, and, and by the way, if anybody had a reason to boast about, you know, I, I, credentials, I got, I got plenty of credentials. And my credentials far outweigh, I'm not going to brag about it, right? <laughs> but mm. my, far, my credentials far outweigh yours. However, I don't find my significance. I don't find my identity. I don't find my uniqueness. I don't find my specialness. I don't find just my ultimate significance in my credentials. I find my ultimate significance in Christ. And as a result, that significance is unshakable. You can't take it away. No matter my, it, it, it is, it is um, eternal. And as a result, he's like, I can live an unshakable life. And, and what we see Paul doing is he's always building momentum because he knows the one thing he values most, Martin, is the one thing that can never nor will ever be taken away from him. Absolutely. Awesome word. And as you were reading that, I, I heard, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Stockdale paradox. And um, uh, it, it, was, it was in the book uh, from Good, Good to Great by Jim Collins. It says, you must okay. never confuse faith that you will prevail in the end because we know as believers we prevail in the end which you can never look, afford to lose with the discipline to confront the most brutal facts of your current reality whatever they might be in other words this idea of having faith that God will do it and it's going to work out for the best but acknowledging and preparing in the uh, worst of situations that it may not and you just hold on to that and that's having optimism that's that's that wow. but, but it's not false optimism it is that's right optimism based on whatever it may like paul said i'm in prison but hey look god's glory and his word is being preached even though i'm in mm. prison so that's so that, 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 that was really really good and man i'm telling you use it in your faith use it in your job use it in your family uh it, it is such a a powerful tool um, to, to you so thanks for those encouraging words Scotty tell our listeners where they can find you sir absolutely www.blueprinttuscaloosa.com you can send me a message there and come straight to my email alright that's blueprint uh, uh, dot com I'm sorry one more time Scotty I just I, I'm COVID uh, that's right Blue, blueprinttuscaloosa.com <laughs> I, I got it after I told you blueprintministries.com alright man <laughs> Oh, thank you, Scotty, for all that you do, man. We appreciate you. We'll catch up with you next week. My pleasure. Looking forward to it. All right. That's BlueprintMinistries.com. Remember this, trust in the Lord always. Lean not, you don't understand all you words acknowledge. Him, and he will direct your path. Roll tide out there, everybody. <laughs>